Hello and welcome to Self Careless, a podcast by and for people going through it. No life coaches, no millionaire influencers, just people trying to get their ass out of bed. So welcome to all you self careless. Welcome to episode two. I did another one. How brilliant. Um, first, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who got in touch. I say everyone. There weren't that many and they were mostly people who were already my friends. But really, 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 really appreciate your kind comments. I don't know what the problem is with the accents. People said there was a problem. People said there was a problem with the accents. And I just think that's rude. So I'm not going to do any more accents. All right. Get over it. Um, and I'm just going to talk about things and all those kind of things. I just hope that it helps someone out there feel less lonely. It's certainly helping me feel less lonely. So thank you all very much. Today I'm going to talk about drinking. Uh, I'll be talking about my drinking um, in the past and what I'm doing now. Um, obviously, not obviously, maybe. When I say drinking, I'm talking about alcohol. Um, and yeah, so we'll get to that. But before, we'll just have a quick catch up with Sophie. Um, where we will see <laughs> what I've done since last time. Um, since last time, I sent off my passport. Yes, Queen. Um, and it has arrived. And it brought with it some, some sadness because it's very dark blue. And I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so it's strange how that sort of got me a bit blue in it. So yeah, um, but that's good. Something off my twenty for twenty twenty list done. Yes, you just yes, I did a thing. Um, I'm in a bit. I'm a bit more lively than I was <laughs> than I was in the last episode. Partly because I just am in a better better mood. Um, might be because Christmas is coming. It might be because the goose is getting fat. It might be because that that old man finally got that feather out his fucking hat. It looked awful. I was I kept telling him, but um, I think it's probably because I'm not drinking. <laughs> anyway, we'll get onto that. What else have I been up to? Um, I got my libido back, which is amazing and great timing. Yeah, lockdown in it. Well, it's not technically locked down anymore um but i'm in a tier three area so it pretty much is um and also um, i don't really want to go on dates at the moment because of covid stuff so might as well just wait but certainly back on tinder and use that for some chat goodness to help with the the libido problem um i don't know why it is whether it's because my mood's improved or biologically it could be i have my um contraceptive i have my contraceptive <clears throat> i had my contraceptive implant removed contraceptive implant <laughs> one for the actors out there new york new york new york new york i'm not an actress <clears throat> i had my contraceptive implant removed and uh, well because i wasn't having any sex and it's always good to know it's always good to have a reset. I haven't had a period in 10 years, which some of you might be going, dreamy. And to be fair, yeah, 
it has been pretty good but I don't know how that's been affected my affecting my brain hormones depression-y sitch so I thought let's you know give the body a bit of a reset and be be pure um so yeah I'm no longer a cyborg which is kind of kind of sad but um when the doctor said asked why I pretty much said what I said to you with a bit more just (laughs) short um bit shorter and just more normal um I said yeah because I'm not sexually active um and the doctor said ah well once you've had the implant removed do consider yourself immediately sexually active and I raised my eyebrows, started to laugh. The nurse was laughing. I said, is that an offer? He said, I meant consider yourself fertile. Oh, no. And he was so handsome that it was it was such a, it was like a flea bag situation. I absolutely loved it. And we're now married. Anyway, um, that's been good. I have, although I'm in a better mood now, I did have a, a few days to a week of a depression pit where I was in bed nearly all of the day. Um, uh, I hate talking about it now because I was feeling happy and you forget about the sad bits when you're good and you forget about the good bits when you're sad. Um, It was, I'd sort of, I don't know why, Um, but I was sleeping badly. Might have been because I wasn't taking care of myself or vice versa, you know, they they affect each other but yeah I'd gone a bit nocturnal um and I actually well the only thing that I enjoyed at the time was a validated spending spree so Black Friday you have to shop online really um but it wasn't for me I was shopping for other people for Christmas like for my mum and dad my parents (laughs) that's parenthetical for my mum and dad my parents for my brothers and sisters my siblings for my nieces and nephews my nepents some people say nibblings sounds pervy to me (laughs) anyway nepents I thought I'd best tell you what nepents means just in case I ever say it again um yeah spending spree that was good so I've got all the Christmas presents so I managed to scratch that spending itch in a less guilty way than normal. Um, it does mean that I will have to keep going to TK Maxx with my tail between my legs um, with the various things that I bought for myself on top. Oh, well. <laughs> Not having a quote this time, um, but instead a word of the, a word of the episode. I was going to say word of the day because I'm looking at a tweet that um, Susie Dent of Countdown Manor, um, she often shares word of the day that are sort of apt to what's going on in the world. Lots of sort of hints to the orange Trump, the orange Trump machine. Um, but her word of the day, whenever it was, was respair, R-E-S-P-A-I-R. And it's a 16th century term meaning fresh hope and a recovery from despair and that's where I am right now and I think with the vaccine you know it's the shot in the arm we all need it so yeah word of the day is respair recovery from despair fresh hope 
or that kind of thing. Um, but the main thing to talk about today is drinking and alcohol and how it affects me, how it might affect you. I certainly want to hear from you all. Um, it's it's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. Apart from the fact you're going to make a fool of yourself again. But don't get drunk. No, sorry. <laughs> um, yes, so I am trying to get sober. I may I mentioned on in episode one that I've been working with Change Grow Live with which is a charity that helps support with addiction or um drug abuse. Um and straight after my first assessment, just after the podcast came out, I binge drank three nights in a row, which um was probably why I was in that depression pit actually now looking at it um I've had since had a second session and talked about that um the second session was all about how alcohol affects your body the and it's just horror stories I won't bore you with those because you don't you probably know most you know the rough idea you don't you know it's not good for you um and all that but the thing that really really stood out for me is I'd heard before you know alcohol is a depressant when people talk about that they're usually talking about how it sort of depresses the nervous system so your reaction times will be slower um that's why you know you can't drink and drive all that kind of thing and why you can't think of brilliant words when you're pissed um that's why you should never drink and stand up also, I recommend. The thing that really fascinated me that I learned is alcohol is depressant. You know, when you first, when you drink it, it's actually a stimulant. You know, you feel good. You feel like you're king of the walk. You feel like you've got the best boobs in Christendom. Um, and even if you do, doesn't mean you have to show everyone. So that's great. It feels good for a bit. But on the long term... I mean, obviously, you may have experienced the feeling shit the next day phenomenon. That's just, that's that high going, basically. But so on the longer term than that, it depletes your serotonin levels. Um, serotonin is the um, thing in the brain. What is serotonin? Serotonin is the hormone that... Um, makes us feel good you know it's in our brain it sort of makes us feel happy feeling of well-being all that kind of thing and lack of serotonin causes depression so that's why so often alcoholism and depression go hand in hand but also that's why they say don't drink alcohol when you're taking antidepressants so the most common antidepressant are SSRIs and that's something serotonin reuptake inhibitor. <laughs> it's not actually something, but I can't remember what it is. And I can't bother to Google. So yeah, they they are there not to create serotonin, but to um, hold on to the serotonin that's there. So if you've had so much alcohol that the serotonin's already gone, it can't hold on to it. So they're just not going to work at all. 
and that did ring true in a horrible way because I've been you know so many years taking antidepressants going they're not working so I must it must be something else you know I must be a special depressed person I must have super depression or or they or oh they're just placebo they don't even work or anything I was always so jealous of people who said and then you know I took the antidepressants helped me get better helped me just pick myself up to take those steps and I was like no it doesn't work that way hmm so I do have a lot of shame new shame about drinking is that it's most likely a big reason why I didn't get better um now I'm very nervous about telling people in my life that I want to change my drinking um I'm quite it seems I'm quite happy telling telling the internet I sort of you know, I worry, especially with people I see often who I drink a lot with, that they'll feel that by changing my drinking, I'm judging theirs. And that's totally not the case. I wish I was a person like them who could drink a lot and not be affected for the rest of the month. <laughs> I would love that. Um, but I'm not. The um, the lady I talked to at Change Grow Live says, think of it like you're allergic to alcohol. So it just affects you in a bigger way than other people so I don't really agree with that thing but it certainly does affect me more than that so this is a kind of alcohol confessional I don't know if you hear jingle bells Laurie's here again my cat has come to interrupt are you gonna meow no um yeah so I won't mention specific people but I will jingle I will um yeah tell the story so that you can understand the context I've literally got a couple of prompts here and I'm not the best storyteller at all in the world. So please forgive me for the ramble. The first story is about an ex quite a few years ago. Um, my sort of first proper boy, And we were up at the Edinburgh Fringe um, <laughs> having a lovely time. Um he didn't drink at all um it doesn't I think he's one of those people that's allergic to it as well but not in the same way to me it's more literal um I think it's mainly that he doesn't know how to have a drink of any kind that isn't just swallow the pint immediately so yeah we were up at the fringe and Edinburgh fringe and we were having a lovely time and this one isn't too bad <laughs> <sighs> What happened was nothing really that bad. I was just a complete bitch to him. Um, I was just bossing him about and it became, it it created a catchphrase for us. So I don't know if you've ever been Jingle Bells, um, but there's a square where they have lots of, it's almost like a street food market, just a little bit there. And outside the gilded balloon there's always a creperie and I love a crepe everyone loves a crepe um and so this time when I was very drunk which I was pretty sure every single night of the fringe um I shouted at my boyfriend buy me a fucking pancake and uh he just sort of laughed he's such a love he just laughed at me and just told me it took the piss out of me for it the next morning and the next 
10, 15 years. So that's fine. Um, I think I'll just sum up the next anecdote as the reminder I've written down, which is being sick on an ex-lover's balls because you drank too much. Um, I think you can imagine why my face might be there. That's all we need to say. Um, another time I went on a date with a very, very gorgeous man got so incredibly drunk that I woke up after what I thought was a lovely passionate night um, in a sleeping bag. And I was like, oh, I thought I thought I was impressed with the guy's decor and stuff. I thought he had sort of got himself together. But it turns out he hasn't even got a duvet. Um, but it turns out he did have a duvet until I was sick all over it in the middle of the night. And again, such a sweet, lovely guy. He just laughed it off and said that you could also see the little bits of dim sum from the date. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I, I blame these. I blame these boys, these men, for not not holding me to account, not making me feel the shame earlier in my drinking. <laughs> the problem drinking is totally their fault because they should have shamed me much earlier and not been so forgiving and kind. <laughs> they should have. They should have held me up to task. And yeah, so it's their fault that I've lost ten years. And. This one isn't necessarily one particular incident. Um, this one is more a theme that some people who have problem drinking might identify with. And that's wetting yourself on the way home. It's more than once that I've had to get home and immediately put my completely drenched jeans in the washing machine. Uh, God, I hope this isn't can you imagine if I put this out and people could hear? <clears throat> um, th these are things that are usually like, oh, a funny story. Yeah, I remember when, remember when Baz pissed himself. So it's funny when it's a bloke, maybe it's not. And it's not funny when it's me either. And usually, I don't think I really tell anyone about these things. So people who know me hearing all these things in one go might be surprised, might just be like, I thought so, shame. Um, and if you're, if at the end of this you still think, oh, I wish she wasn't giving up drinking, she's such a laugh when she's drunk, please reconsider and listen again. Anyway, we're still only, um, we've got a couple of other stories. Um, one is uh, not so much... It's really how it affected me, what happened. Um, it was when I was working in London and uh, I would go out for drinks after work um, two, two to three times a week. Um, and this was one of those ones where it wasn't even a Friday night or Thursday, it was probably a Tuesday or something. Um, and I just really wanted to go out for a drink. So around four o'clock, I started going to colleagues, anyone fancy a drink tonight? You know, fancy this, fancy that. No one was up for it. They all either had plans or were tired or whatever. Um, so I started messaging around to like my close friends. 
Um, they all gave various reasons why they didn't fancy it or couldn't. And I started to feel like, oh, my friends are so lame. Slash, oh, nobody likes me. Um, so then I started messaging just like comedy acquaintances, like possible drinking buddies. And they either ignored me because we weren't really friends or said, oh, no, I can't. I've got a gig or whatever. So even more, I felt, oh, I've got no friends. And that wasn't the case at all. Like they just had plans. Well, obviously the, the acquaintances, the people I'd booked for a gig once, that's, they're not my friends necessarily. It's not the case I haven't got any friends. It's just they don't necessarily want to go out and get drunk every single night. Um, but yeah, I felt really down. So I just went, oh, well, I'll just go out for a drink anyway. And this started the thing of me realising that as a, as a girl, you can go to a pub on your own and usually someone will talk to you and someone might flirt with you and someone might kiss you and yeah so I discovered that and I yeah went out on my own and the guy at the beginning of the night that I despised and said no I don't want you to buy me a drink thank you I'd rather just sit here after maybe a couple of drinks I maybe started chatting to him um after by the end of the night uh, I was getting off with him um we were going to find somewhere to carry on the drinking when the pub closed when we got there I met a girl who was far too young for me um and yeah just far too young and cute to be ruined by drunk me um but kissed her as well um and just obviously it wasn't great for work the next day that then spiraled um, depression, feeling like I couldn't deliver. Um, and it wasn't that often that I went out drinking to effect, that affected my work, but the drinking affected my work in a roundabout way, like I've said, like, uh, because of the depression and because of the lack of serotonin um, and things like that. So, yeah, it sucks. So the this next story was about a, a friend of mine who we were out just me and her having a nice catch-up girly catch-up with a bottle of wine um although I'm sure I had the bottle and she had half glass while she was just you know um and I thought we had a lovely time and we did but the next time I saw her she was referring to something and I said wait what are you talking about what happened there and it turned out that on that lovely night, she had confided in me um, that she'd had a miscarriage and, you know, she'd opened up and, like, talked all about it and got very upset. Apparently I was very supportive and I literally had no recollection of it whatsoever. Uh, I'd obviously had a drunken blackout and... Um, that was horrible. So I discovered going out and going out on your own, <laughs> which became a thing I did often, uh, which is fine. There's no shame in going out on your own. But when you're going out on your own just to get pissed and attention, it's not maybe not so, you know, you go, girl. <laughs> you you go get shit faced you go get used and 
make a fool of yourself. Yeah, solidarity. Um, so one time I went, this wasn't too long ago, um, I went to a bowling alley on my own. Um, and the great thing about bowling alleys, I don't know if you've been recently, but you can order drinks from the alley. So if you go on your own, you're fine. You don't have to worry about going up to the bar. It was it was lovely. So I'd get bottles of wine delivered to my lane, buying more games that I couldn't afford on my credit card. Cool. And all the time texting my then partner that I wasn't drinking at all and would be home soon. Um, you'll, you'll be surprised to hear that that didn't work out, that relationship. Um, yeah, so lonely drunk Alan Partridge woman, really. Laurie, stop nuzzling the <laughs> stop nuzzling the microphone. Does it feel nice? So yeah, that was just cool. Um, just cool behaviour to really, <laughs> just really really cool cool behaviour. And also one time I, it was my stepmum's birthday, I believe, or a similar occasion. Um had a lovely time the wine was flowing um it was only the next day that my niece mentioned in front of my sister and my mum and the rest of her family about how um I'd been crying in a sort of <laughs> how funny oh silly auntie Sophie and mate that was the shame switch just just I didn't remember that you know I don't know whether I was getting sentimental or I don't know so I don't think I was like from what she said it seemed like I was more sentimental but god I don't even know who knows but you don't want to cry in front of what was then a preteen niece just no one wants to be that auntie really um most recently, I was um, hiding f- from my housemate all the time, my drinking, mostly because she shamed me about it, um, which, you know, wasn't the coolest behaviour from her. But, um, yeah, Laurie, <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells, nuzzle mic, interrupt the pod. Yeah, so she would shame me about drinking, so obviously that helped um and I drank more and more I would get wine ubered to the flat I would hide outside from her while I was having a cigarette and I've even I like buried it in the hedge um and then gone back to get it later when she wasn't around uh and one time she was away I was outside smoking having drunk a lot of wine and the door slammed behind me and it was a slam and lock sitch so I was outside in in the wee hours of the morning I think it was about one o'clock with um basically a t-shirt and leggings on no phone so I had to wake up a neighbor in the end I figured out which garden backed onto the flats garden went round and rang the doorbell one in the morning 
stood at the end of the drive sort of waving as she turned the light on um and she looked out and I was like waving and she opened the window and said are you okay and I explained oh I'm afraid I've locked myself out and there's no one in and I haven't got my phone is there any chance I can climb over your your garden fence to get to our garden and she said I'm afraid I've got really bad feet is there anyone else you can try I was like no the other there's no other way round and I don't know anyone who lives nearby and so she sort of begrudgingly sort of yeah okay and it took her literally about five solid minutes to get down the stairs um and her feet were like red and like I don't know what they call it but varicose veins like they were swollen and like really looked really painful and she was like teary from the pain (sighs) and um and yeah it was just really bad to have to annoy someone like that it's just so embarrassing um because I was just outside (sighs) completely drunk it was just horrid and like usually like oh how funny I locked myself out how to climb over the fence might be like what a funny story but I have such shame associated with it that thinking about it now it just sort of brings it back and it's horrible so yes that's in a summary why I don't think it's a good idea that I drink anymore I did give up for about six months before I managed a dry Christmas a dry new year Uh, it was really tough but it was then with the idea that I was just sort of resetting with with the view then to moderate um and I did moderate for a while when I say I moderated for a while I binge drank less often and to maybe a lesser degree but still you know there wasn't really any a glass or two um that doesn't really happen so what went from every now and again at parties to okay you know maybe a couple of times a month to okay only at the weekend to okay we're back again so I think drinking is my thing in the way that I just can't do it so wish me luck Um, also tomorrow I have my um, mental health assessment Um, I think I hope it's with a psychiatrist and it will involve a diagnosis if not that day then with the view to have a second meeting to get one I'm not sure exactly how it works so I'll let you know how that goes and yeah thank you for listening again if anyone at all would like to come on and talk about your experiences please please get in touch with me I would love to talk to you and don't think oh well I'm not I'm not a person who goes on podcasts I'm not a comedian I'm not an influencer that's that's exactly who I want to talk to. I mean, you can be a comedian, but not a famous one with their own show. All right, stop bothering me. This ain't your gig. If you have anything you want to talk about with me, whether it's your mental health, habits, uh, uh, drinking, um, bipolar maybe, depression, anxiety, eating disorders cats that annoyingly nuzzle the microphone when you're in a really emotional bit of your confessional podcast please get in touch 
And if you've enjoyed listening, if it's made you feel at all less alone, if it's made you laugh at all, if you've just gone, oh my God, she's a complete nightmare, at least I'm not that bad, then please get in touch. The the ways to get in touch, as usual, are at selfcarelesspod on Twitter and Instagram, although it's empty. And the email is selfcarelesspod at gmail.com. I didn't say my name is Sophie. <laughs> That's an error. But it's been me the whole time. Surprise. Now, go have a nice week. Forgive yourself for all your fuck ups because you're brilliant anyway. Even if you don't think so, we all do. So there's no denying it. Fuck you. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Oh,